You are listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Today we want to look at a story from Scripture that's not traditionally associated with Mother's Day, um, but we want to put that lens on it. As we look at this text today, it's a story that comes from the ministry of the prophet Elijah. Some of you will recognize that name. Elijah is one of the great prophets of the Bible. He was a, uh, a disciple of the great prophet Elijah. So there was Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah and Elisha were faithful during a time when God's people were not faithful. During a time when the people of Israel had rebelled against uh, the one true God, and began worshiping the false god Baal. And they were ruled by a very wicked king. You may recognize the name, King Ahab and Jezebel. Uh, so things were not very good during this time, but they were faithful during a time of unfaithfulness. They were great men of God, powerful men of God, who worked many mighty miracles, some of the most famous miracles in the Bible. And today we're going to look at one of those. Uh, it's known as the miracle of the widow's oil. And we want to talk to you about three things that you need to know about yourself as a woman of God. And so we want to speak especially to the ladies. Once again, men, lean in. There's going to be something for you. But especially for our ladies, uh, three things that you need to know about yourself as a woman of God. We're so glad you're here today. We just want to speak some words of encouragement over your life today. So let's look at our text from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Here's what Scripture says. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Verse 2, Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Come on, Elijah's like, we've got to have a garage sale. We've got to raise some money. We've got to figure something out. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. This is proof, by the way, that there were Italians in the Bible. If there's anything left in the house, we got some olive oil. Maybe a little Parmesan cheese and some olive oil. <laughs> you can get through anything. Verse 3, Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left them, and she shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Verse 7, she went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell all the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. So here's this woman who uh, had been married to one of the prophets of God. She was from a faithful family, and she comes to Elijah for help. This woman's husband is dead. And this is an important de- detail because in Elijah's time, some of the most vulnerable people in their culture were widows because women at this time were almost entirely dependent on men for financial provision. I know that's, uh, that's kind of hard for us to wrap our heads around as modern day people, but that's just how it was during this time. And so if a woman lost her husband and she wasn't able to be remarried or her sons couldn't take care of her, then oftentimes widows were destitute in this society. And to make matters worse, the scripture tells us that her husband's creditor was coming to collect. And because she couldn't pay up, he was going to have her two sons basically taken away as slaves. Once again, hard for us to understand as modern day people, but this is really common during this time. If you couldn't pay your debts, you could be forced into into slavery. 
And so this woman, I think, in a sense, represents every woman. She had been through every phase of life. Think about it. She was a widow. She was now a single mom. She had been married, and now she was single. I think if she met any lady in this place, she could, she could uh, relate to you. She could relate to whatever walk of life you find yourself in. And so this woman turns to God for help in the midst of her situation, and God does an amazing miracle. And I don't know what your need is today, but I want you to know that God sees you, that he's faithful, and he's able to meet you in your time of need. Amen? We really believe that today. Amen. So we're talking about three things you need to know about yourself as a woman of God. Three things you need to know about yourself as a woman of God. So number one, know that you are enough. Amen. You are enough. Okay, so let's go back to our story here. So here's a mom who had given everything she had to her family, right? She felt empty. Everything was poured out. Verse two says, your servant has nothing there at all. She said, except a small jar of olive oil. Okay, moms, let's be real for a moment. How many of you can relate to this, right? We pour out, we pour out, we keep giving to our kids, we do the best we can, we do all that we can, and then we still feel like it's not enough because there's always more to be done. I know I feel like this all the time. Um, Often I'm pouring out to the church, I'm pouring out to my team, and then my poor family gets my exhausted leftovers. And being an introvert, many times I need to go home and have those moments where I can just rejuvenate and just kind of replenish, but that's the time that my family needs me the most. And that's a time when I don't have anything to give and it's hard to meet every single person's needs in the way that they need it. And then let's just be real. Okay, moms, all the school emails. (laughs) They just keep coming. All the things that you have to keep up with. And truth be told, I have missed pajama day and my kids have gone to school with no pajamas. I've missed (laughs) birthday parties because I took a nap and I totally forgot. And then my kids are upset with me and they're disappointed. And the thing is, we feel like we just can't keep up, right? And so here's the thing. Sometimes they're simple ones like that, but sometimes they're a little bit heavier. Maybe it's a relationship that you poured everything into, a marriage, and it just didn't work out right. You didn't have enough to give, and that person still left you. And those moments can be really disappointing. And I think if we were honest and we took a poll, at some point, every single person in this room has had that feeling of, I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. all gone through it. We've all felt it before. And maybe somebody even told you that you weren't enough. Or maybe somebody said something to you and it made you feel less than. And in those moments, it's really easy for us to have the sense that I would be enough if, right? I would be enough if I had the perfect body. I would be enough if I could make more money. I'd be enough if I could find the right partner. Maybe somebody would notice me. I'd be enough if I could just have a baby. I'd be enough if my kids were perfect, if they made straight A's or excelled in sports. I'd be enough if I could be strong to just hold it all together. Or maybe you feel like I'd be enough if I was like my friend on Instagram who always looks picture perfect. (laughs) We all have those friends, don't we? Everything looks perfect. But we can't get caught up in that comparison act because the problem is it's a trap. And it's so dangerous. And we can't compare our worst day to their best day. That's right. And so I spent some time thinking through this this past week and really wanted to know what the definition of the word enough was. And so I looked it up. And so the definition is occurring in such a quantity, quality, or scope as to fully meet demands, needs, or expectations. To fully meet demands, needs, or expectations. Okay, that's a tall order. That's like perfection. (laughs) So if you're anything like me, I don't know if I can do that, right? And especially as women, 
How many of us have unrealistic expectations that are harnessed upon us that we can't live up to? So many that we probably can't even count. And then, not only that, how many of us have unrealistic expectations that we place upon ourselves? So not even the other ones that people put on us, but we have our own perfection Mm -hmm. things that we want to kind of meet that we can't do. But church, I have some good news for you today. Jesus knows and thinks that you are more than enough. Enough that he went to the cross and he died for you because you are worth dying for. You are worth the sacrifice. And I want to tell you this morning, women, as a daughter of God, that you are loved, you are known, you are chosen, and you are enough. And so we need to let that get deep into our souls because I think when we do, that's going to transform us. It really will come in and transform us when we know that we're enough, when we know that we're his, and it will reshape our identity. See, the widow only had a little bit of oil. That's all she had. But with God on her side, that's all that she needed. What she had was enough. And so what you need to know today is that in the eyes of God, you are enough. You plus the grace of God equals enough. Amen. Well, we're talking about three things that you need to know about yourself as a woman of God. Here's the second thing, number two. Know that God sees your faithfulness. Know that God sees your faithfulness. Let's go back to our story again. Second Kings chapter four. Look at verses three through four. It says, Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars And as each is filled, put it to one side. Okay, so here's this woman. She's destitute. She's in a difficult situation. She goes to Elijah, this man of God, for help. And the creditor is coming to like take her sons away. And he says, go and ask all of your neighbor and gather all the empty jars you can get. And then I want you to go inside, right, and close the door. And I want you to begin to pour the oil into into the jars. Here's the thing. The, The widow couldn't make the miracle happened, but she could be faithful to do what God was asking her to do, even if it didn't make sense. I'm sure she had some questions. I'm sure maybe she thought, now what am I doing? Like, I'm in this situation, I need help, and you want me to go knock on doors and ask all of my neighbors for a bunch of jars? Like, first of all, what if they don't have any? What if they ask me, what are the jars for, right? And I can't really explain. What if I come home, what's the point? I still got the same amount of olive oil. What does it matter how many jars I collect? I'm sure she had a lot of questions. How many of you have ever had a sense that God was asking you to do something and it didn't make sense to you? You ever been there before? Like maybe God was putting it on your heart to be generous in the offering. And you're like, God, my finances are a little bit tough right now. Like, why are you asking me to give to, to this need? Maybe God was putting it on your heart to invite someone to church. And you had this sense like, I'm not sure they would come to church. And yet God was putting on your heart to pray for this person, invite them to church. Maybe God was asking you to forgive someone, to pick up the phone and call someone and repair a relationship. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, no, no, they hurt me. They did me wrong. I'm waiting for them to call me first. And God was saying, no, I want you to make the first move. God was asking you to step out in faith when it didn't fully make sense at the time. Have you been there before? And here was a mother who had a lot of pressure on her to make something happen. Talk about 
pressure, but she was in a situation where she had to learn to trust God. How many of you know that's not always the worst situation to be in when all you can do is trust God, when there is no plan B, when all you can do is trust God? And I think moms especially, you can relate to this, this sense of the pressure, right? Like sometimes you feel like you're the one who has to make everything happen for everybody, like all of the weight is on you. Can I just take some weight off of your your shoulders today, especially for the mom? We can all relate to this, but especially for our moms today. Let me just tell you today, you are only responsible to do your part, to be faithful, to be obedient, and to trust God with the rest. Amen? Especially with your kids. You just keep doing the best you can. You just keep loving them, praying for them, being a godly example, and you can trust God with the rest because obedience is our responsibility and outcome is his. Somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody needs to be encouraged today. Like obedience is our responsibility. It's just our job to step out in faith. It's our job to be faithful to what God has called us to do and outcome is his. We're going to trust him with the results. Amen. As I think about great women of faith, women who inspire me. There's one name that comes to mind, and that is Susanna Wesley. Um, I've shared her story before if you've been around here for a few years, but Susanna Wesley is known as the mother of, of Methodism. She was the mother of uh, John Wesley, who was the founder of the Methodist Church, and Charles Wesley, the great hymn writer. And she was a remarkable woman of faith, tr- such a godly example. She was born in London, England in 1669 and lived in the 1600s and 1700s in England. She was married to a minister in the Church of England named Samuel Wesley. She had 19 children. Talk about a lady who deserved Mother's Day. Mother's Day lunch for her. Mother's Day Lifetime Achievement Award. Like, give that woman Mother's Day like every day. And she experienced a lot of hardships. Um, In fact, she lost nine of her children. I believe only 10 made it to adulthood. Her house burned down twice. In fact, her son, little John, he was just just a young child at the time, had to be rescued from a second story window during one of those fires. She had a very difficult, rocky marriage with her husband. He struggled to provide for the family most of their marriage. At one point in time, her husband abandoned her for over a year after a minor dispute. Now, I know what you ladies are thinking. If my husband abandoned me with 19 children for a year, I would hire a hitman to take him out and make it look like an accident and collect a life insurance policy. Can I get an amen, ladies? I know that's what you're thinking right about now. <laughs> Yet in the midst of all of this, in the midst of this difficult situation with her husband abandoning her, she, she could have gotten bitter. She could have given up on her marriage. She could have, who could blame her? She could have given up on her faith. She could have given up on God. And yet, let me read to you an excerpt that she wrote to her husband during this difficult season from this letter. She said, I am a woman, but I'm also the mistress of a large family. And though the superior charge of the souls contained in it lies upon you, yet in your long absence, I cannot but look upon every soul you leave under my charge as a talent committed to me under a trust. I'm not a man nor a minister, yet as a mother and a mistress, I felt I ought to do more than I had yet done. I resolved to begin with my own children, in which I observe the following method. I take such a proportion of time as I can spare every night to discourse with each child apart. On Monday, I talk with Molly. On Tuesday, with Hetty. Wednesday, with Nancy. Thursday, with Jackie. Friday, with Patty. Saturday, with Charles. And of course, the rest of the children hadn't been born yet. 
What a remarkable, remarkable woman of faith. She writes to her husband in this situation, this terrible situation where she's been abandoned, where there's been brokenness. And what does she say? She doesn't say, you stuck me here. You left me with all these kids. You walked out on us. No, she said, she said, I can't, I cannot help but look upon every soul that you leave under my charge as a talent committed to me under a trust. Like I recognize that even in this moment that God has entrusted something to me and I'm called to be faithful. And so this is what I felt the Lord encouraging me to do, to take some time each night in the middle of keeping up with all of these children and put a little Jesus in each one of these kids, to spend some time talking with them, praying with them, making an investment in them. Instead of getting bitter, she decided that she would be faithful with what God had entrusted to her, what he had left under her charge. And I'm sure there were days that she felt so overwhelmed and yet she decided to be faithful. What a remarkable woman of faith. What an amazing woman of faith. And so ladies, let me ask you this question today. Like how is God calling you to be faithful in this season of your life? Whatever season you find yourself in, can I just encourage you today? Maybe you're a single woman just honoring God with, with your life, with your heart, with your sexual integrity, becoming the, the woman of God that he's called you to be. Can I just encourage you? Just keep being faithful in this season. Maybe you're a wife just striving to honor your husband and prioritizing your marriage. Can I just encourage you? Keep being faithful. Maybe you're a mother caring for your kids, raising them to love God and to love others. Just keep being faithful. Maybe you're divorced. Maybe you're, you're widowed. Maybe you're taking care of, of your loved ones in, in this season and, and sharing with others in need. Let me just tell you, somebody needs you. Somebody needs your story. Can I just encourage you today? Just keep being faithful. Just keep being, keep being faithful. I, I want you to notice what Elijah says in verse 4. He says, now go, go inside after you collect all the jars. He says, go inside and shut the door behind you, you and your sons. And Elijah says to the woman, God's about to do a work in your life. God's about to perform a miracle in, in your life. And not everyone is going to see it. It's going to happen behind closed doors. And I think so much of being a person of faith is to, is to recognize that God is working in the invisible areas of our lives. The parts of our lives not, not everybody sees. How many of you know sometimes God's best work is done in the secret places of your life? And I think so much of being a woman of faith is done in secret. Like people don't always see your sacrifice. They don't always see all the, the things you do, the little things you do every day. But I want you to know that God, God sees your, your faithfulness. God sees your faithfulness. I think about the women who are celebrated publicly in our culture. The women who are celebrated all the time in our culture, supermodels and actresses and entertainers. And, and maybe there's a sense for some women in the house today, like, does God see me? Do people around me see me? Does God see my, my faithfulness? Maybe you're a single woman and there's a sense like, is, is there a good man who's ever going to notice me? Come on, hit me up on my church mingle, my Christian mingle app sometime. It's gotten a little bit quiet, God. Would you send a good one my, my way? Does anybody notice me, right? Maybe you're a career woman. Like, is my boss ever going to notice? me and give me that promotion that I deserve. Maybe there's some wives in the place today that we would say, does my husband notice all that I do for him? Maybe there's some moms in the place today. You'd say, do my kids even notice and appreciate all that I do for them? And I want to just say today, people may not see your faithfulness, but I want to encourage you today, God sees your faithfulness. Come on, your secret obedience is celebrated openly in heaven. And what's invisible to others is visible to God. And he sees you. He sees your faithfulness. 
God sees your faithfulness in, in the small things. And I want you to know he's proud of you and he celebrates you. And today on this day, we celebrate you. Come on, men, would you help me? We're going to celebrate the ladies in our lives today. We honor you. We thank God for you. Proverbs 31 verse 30 says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised, is to be praised. God sees your faithfulness and we honor you today. Ladies, you're building something with your life that maybe it seems like nobody notices right now, but I believe God notices. God sees you. And I believe one day the people around you are going to see it. Amen. Amen. So good. Okay. So just to recap, we're talking about three things you need to know about yourself as a woman of God. Number one, know that you are enough. Number two, know that God sees your faithfulness. And number three, know that God's blessing is with you. God's blessing is with you. Okay, so let's recap the second half of our story here. We're going to read 2 Kings 4, 3 through 4. It says, she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. And he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left. Okay, so here's this woman, and all she has is this one jar of oil and then all these empty jars. And all she's doing is she's pouring and she's pouring, but God multiplies it so that she can fill all the jars. Verse five says, they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. And so, so many of you ladies, especially those of you who are moms, feel like this is you, right? You're pouring yourself and blessing others all the time. And so many of you feel like you just keep pouring and you just keep pouring. Maybe you're always cooking, always cleaning. I know me, I feel like an Uber driver lately. That's my (laughs) new role. Um, And so when I think of this, I actually think of my mom. My mom is amazing. Um, She is always pouring into others. She's putting others first and just constantly thinking of everybody else before she thinks of herself. And I think that when we're a child, it's really easy to take that for granted. But as an adult, we can really see things through a new lens and see the sacrifices that she's made. and the ones that she's made then and the ones that she's making now. And it truly is a beautiful thing. So maybe today you feel like that. Maybe you feel you don't have enough strength to take care of yourself, yet you feel like you have to keep pouring into others. Mm. And so when you do, when you remain faithful to what God has called you to do, he does something amazing. See, the miracle takes place in the pouring. It's a part that we don't think it would take place, but that's where it actually happens in the pouring out. And in our text, it says that she kept pouring and pouring. She kept pouring until her sons were like, mom, there's no more room. We don't know where to put it. But that's when God did the miracle in her faithfulness to just keep pouring. Verse six says, the little bit of oil that the widow had was multiplied when she placed it in God's hands. So church, I want to encourage you this morning, don't be afraid of the pouring out. Yeah. So many times we feel tired and we feel afraid to give more, but don't be afraid of that because a little bit that you have plus a blessing of God is enough. Amen. That's all he needs. He just needs a little bit. And so maybe some of you are tired today. Maybe you came in and you're just exhausted. I'll keep it real. I met with my mentor um, about two weeks ago and she asked me how I was. And in tears, I was like, I'm just exhausted. So if that's you, I completely get it. But that's why I love the example of this story because she came in with just a little bit 
She didn't have much, but God still used it. So it's okay if we have nothing to give. It's okay if we just have a little bit, because God can use it to do more than we even thought possible. And I know if he did it for this woman, he can do it for you. Amen. But here's the thing. It doesn't stop just there, because a blessing is not just a little bit. The blessing was more than that. Let's read verse 7. It says, she went and told the man of God, and she said, go, sell the oil, and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. See, it wasn't just any kind of blessing. There was not just enough, but there was an overflow. Overflow. There was more than enough, more than she ever thought. God took what she had, and she used it to bless this woman above and beyond, and she could take that money that was left to provide for her families and not have to sell her sons into slavery. So in the natural, when we give everything we have, what happens? We tend to burn out, right? We get exhausted. We could have a nervous breakdown. But in the supernatural, as a woman of faith, when you trust God with what he's entrusted you, when you give what he's asked you to give, that's when the blessing comes. And if you're faithful to do what God has called you to do, his blessing will come on you and so much more than you ever thought that there would be an overflow. And it won't be just for you, but it'll be for all of those that are surrounding you. So if you're single today, this might be that it overflows into other women in your life, or maybe your friends or your family, your coworkers. If you're married or a mom today, this will overflow into your spouse, into your home, your children, your families. And it's such a beautiful thing when God can use it to make an overflow in our lives. Amen. Yeah, the blessing is more than enough. It's more than just about you. It's an overflow blessing. And as I think about this woman who gave all that she had, I think about another really special lady in the Bible. I think about Mary who gave her one and only son, Jesus. She had a promise that he was the Messiah, but, but God had called her to give her son back to him, to entrust him into the father's hands. And, and she had to watch her son be sacrificed on the cross. But what she gave, what little she had to give back to God, God took it, and with his blessing upon it, it overflowed to save the world. Jesus' sacrifice overflowed to save the world. And this woman that we read about today, she sold the oil to redeem her sons from slavery. In the same way, God gave his one and only son for you and me so that we would be redeemed from the slavery of sin. Come on, when you give the little that you have with the blessing of God, it's not just about you. It's more than just enough for you, but it overflows to bless other people. When you give back to God what he's called you to give, not more than he's called you to give, not to meet everybody's needs, not to do more than than you can possibly do. But when you're just faithful with what God has called you to give, with his blessing upon it, there's an overflow. There's more than enough. When I think about Susanna Wesley today, I'm sure there were days where she felt like what she had wasn't enough. I'm sure there were days where she felt like what she was doing was so ordinary, just caring for all of these kids just wiping noses and changing diapers and cleaning and cooking. And I'm sure there were days where she was exhausted and she wondered if anything she was doing was making a difference. But she was faithful with what God entrusted to her. And she planted a seed in the hearts of her kids. And John Wesley would grow up to become one of the greatest men in the history of the church. 
He would become the, the father of the Methodist movement. He would be used by God to, to bring revival to, to the nation of England. He, so many souls would come to Christ. He would, he would go on horseback and preach all around the nation and the crowds would come out and they were so big that you couldn't even see him. They could only hear his voice that would carry. And then the fires of revival spread to America and the Methodist church is still one of the largest denominations in this church to this day. And then there was Charles Wesley, who would become one of the great hymn writers of the church. He wrote over 6,500 hymns, hymns that are still being sung to this day, songs like Hark the Herald Angels Sing, that we sing every Christmas. Why? Because of the faithfulness of their mother to just keep pouring and pouring and pouring and giving of herself just to be faithful with the simple thing that God had entrusted into her hands, but with the blessing of God on her life, but the blessing of God on her sacrifice that not only overflowed from her life, but it overflowed into the lives of her children, which overflowed to touch the world, to touch the world. And so I want you to know today, ladies, and really men, this is true for all of us, but it's such a powerful truth, especially for mothers. The greatest legacy that you leave is what you pour into others. The greatest legacy that you leave is what you pour into others. Our culture, we live in a culture that celebrates us, that celebrates our accomplishments, that celebrates us making it all about ourselves. But here's what I want you to know. The greatest legacy that you leave is what you pour into the lives of others. And so ladies, wives, moms, sisters, friends, your life is a gift to all of us. I want you to know on this day that your life is a gift to all of us. And sometimes we live so close to the miracle that we don't even see it. Sometimes I'll speak on behalf of the men. We live so up and close to you. I'll speak on behalf of the, the sons, the children, the, the brothers in this place today. Sometimes we live so close to the miracle that we don't even see it. Sometimes we're married to the miracle. Can I get an amen? Somebody. <laughs> And we don't even always recognize how God is working through your life, how God is working through your faithfulness, your love, your affection, your goodness. We're living so close to the miracle that we don't always see it, but today we see it. Today, God sees you, we see you, and we celebrate you today. We honor you and we bless you. We see God's hand upon your life and we recognize that you are a gift to us. And we thank God for you today. And we wanna pray over you at this time. Yeah, so why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet we want to take a moment and just pray for all of us, but especially over our women today. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're standing next to your mom or your wife or your loved one, that's a woman, maybe you want to hold her hand or just put your arm around her and just show support as we just pray for you today. And so I want to pray this message over you, ladies. Can I just invite sure. ladies to, if you're not with family, maybe link up with another lady. Come on, we're all family in Christ today. Maybe put an arm around another sister in Christ that we're standing together. We're all church family today. Even if you don't know each other, we're church family. And so I want to make sure every lady feels supported in this, in this place today. Absolutely. And this morning, we just want to remind you that in Christ, you are enough. That God sees your faithfulness and that his blessing is with you. And so know that you are loved more than you can imagine by our Heavenly Father. And that's all we need. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray together. God, I just thank you for each person that's here today. And God, we just pray a special blessing over our women. We pray, Lord God, that you fill their hearts with your love, with your grace, with your presence, with your mercy, Lord God. In those moments when we feel insecure, we don't understand all that's going around us and everything seems to be swirling, we pray that you would be the calm in the storm. 
We pray, Lord God, that you would still our hearts. We pray that we would hear from you, Lord, that we would be reminded of these things, Lord God, when we ever begin to feel less than, that we would be reminded that we are more than enough in you because of the sacrifice that you made, because of the blood that was shed, that through you, we are enough. And we pray, Lord God, that you would bless each woman's faithfulness to be faithful to the call, to be faithful to her family, to her work, to her church, to her everything, Lord, that's under her, Lord God, that she would just know that you are blessing everything that she touches. So I just pray, Lord God, that today, Lord God, that she would just feel full of your presence, full of your grace and full of your peace. And we pray this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.